Hello, and welcome to this uh, special episode of the History of Yugoslav Football podcast. Um, over the coming weeks, I suppose, um, we will be taking a diversion from looking at the historical to looking into the present and the next season of football in the region as we go through uh, season previews for each of the leagues in uh, the former Yugoslavia. Starting off today with the Serbian Superliga. Um, that's back this coming weekend, starting August the 1st. And um, see, the season itself ended uh, about six weeks ago um, after a short resumption uh, that came with um, four rounds of fixtures and a curtailed season that finished uh, after only 30 games rather than the scheduled. 37. Now the season returns unlike when it uh, finished without fans. Um, the first round of fixtures post the initial lockdown uh, had been without fans but then fans were welcomed back into the stadiums. This turned out to be a rather bad idea. Um, there was a second wave of COVID infection, much of which we have to say was linked to um, letting fans back into the football. And there were outbreaks within squads uh, particularly badly affected were Svenis Fiesta, um, which had uh, something upwards of about 10 12 to 12 players uh, who were actually infected. Uh, as a result, see, coming back, fans won't be permitted into stadiums for the time being uh, and that I think we can expect to be the situation for the foreseeable future given the status of infections in the country um, but while coronavirus may have stopped fans coming into the grounds we're basing our season previews on a few questions uh, a few topics uh, that will be around the season and the first of those we're going to tackle is quite simply can anyone stop Svenis Fiesta? So, last season, Fiesta won by, let's be honest, a country mile. Um, the season was pretty much won even before uh, COVID came in and did away with the uh, halving of points at the break. And, I'll be quite honest, it's very difficult to see how Svenis Fiesta will be stopped from repeating again this season. Um, they obviously were well clear last season and the sort of surprise signing of Alexander Katai uh, puts even more goals into the side and puts more directness into the team. Now obviously uh, Katai is back at Spain's Fiesta after a few years away, um, firstly in Spain and then in MLS. Uh, he's only 29 and uh, if you hadn't caught why he's back, we'll just go through <laughs> that now. Um, Katai originally was in Chicago and then moved to LA Galaxy at the, the end of 2019. Had played a couple of games and obviously uh, football MLS stopped. Obviously, as part of the American scene, there were the commencement of the Black Lives Matter protests after the death of George Floyd. And while Katai himself didn't say anything, his wife, who was still in Chicago, did. 
and had put up a number of offensive Instagram live posts which created uproar uh, at her firstly and then also within the Galaxy fan base who were um, rather annoyed that Katai was at the club and had a wife who held these views. Now it's fair to say that Katai himself at no point has been directly implicated in uh, extremely racist material throughout that whole period. It was entirely um, from his wife, but the uproar within the Galaxy fan base and there were protests outside the stadium uh, demanding that Katai's contract be ripped up. Um, it, it all led to Katai being released by the Galaxy and the cloud that he's left under obviously has cut down a lot of his options uh, and you wouldn't normally see a player of his standard in Serbia uh, and it's sort of very much like when Marco Marin joined the joined the club a couple of years ago um, you know this is a player who is better than the league and I think it would be very surprising were he not to show that and it's also probably fair to say that the other major signing of the summer Spiridonovic um, is also going to slot into that category and has been very impressive uh, in pre-season. Sveta do seem to be better in terms of their squad depth, particularly from an, a, an attacking perspective. And you know, with those two additions, appear to have a better first team as well. There will be players who will go, but I mean, already they are linked with um, bringing Branislav Ivanovic after his release from Zenit St. Petersburg to the club. It's very difficult to see to create an argument as to why Sterling Fiesta won't win the title again. If you were going to, you know, obviously you're going to point look at Partizan. Partizan did get better as the season went on last year, but now with Strahinia Pavlovic gone for good, there is a hole there in the defence. Maki Bagniak has come from Olympia Ljubljana to replace him, but I think it's probably fair to say any uh, watcher of Slovenia football will know he's not as good as the person who he, he's replacing. There were signs that the side were gelling and you know, we can't ignore the growth of Gareth Tukumersano and um, obviously Umar Sadiq up front, but is it enough to really seriously challenge Sonia's Fiesta? Over 90 minutes maybe, over 38 games, probably not. The second question topic we're tackling is who will be the kings in the north so this seems we have four well five major clubs from the north of the country in the Superliga um, TSC Bacetopola uh, Vojvodina of course uh, Bacha Proleta Novisad and also uh, safe from relegation Marcus Sabac now the latter two will not be involved in anything uh, near the, the top end of the table. To be quite honest, we, will, we can discard those immediately. However, in TSC, uh, Vojvodina and Bacha, you have uh, one extremely established side. You have one side who did very well last season and certainly have the ambition to do more. And you have one side who are coming up to the Super League this season. But we know they have uh, ambition with, within the club. So, Vojvodina first will obviously be very competitive again, but there isn't any uh, real improvement from last season in terms of 
signings uh, and well you know you can certainly never discount any Nenad Vlatovic side um, it is difficult to see them gaining ground on TSC as well Vojvodina are there and sort of maintaining levels TSC have made some really eye-catching signings so there's two um, main ones we'll, we'll mention which is firstly uh, the signing of Mihailo Banyac now they actually beat Svenis Fiesta to him so that already gives you sort of an indication that if you're able to beat the biggest side in the country to the signing of a player that there's something quite good going on at the club and the second uh, one is actually a player coming in from the youth football of Ajax Damian Dostanich um, he had a really good scoring record at Dutch youth level and in the um, UEFA youth league and when you sort of combine those young talents with the very known and very proven talents from last season of Vladimir Schladi and Nenad Lukic um, you have a very effective team and you also have across the other players they brought into the club uh, signs that increase depth yep it's difficult for any club as TSC did last season to do so spectacularly well uh, as they did uh, while also improving the squad depth when you know you're going to have extra games this season there's going to be extra expectations there's extra pressure uh, they certainly appear to have done that and it wouldn't be a surprise uh, to see them hit third in the league and you know about to see them challenge Partizan for second um, they were able to do so for uh, a period this season after last season as it is now um, and you would hope they would be able to carry that form on the other side uh, we mentioned obviously RFK Batcher now I wouldn't expect anything immediately from them but they come up are investing in their facilities uh, and all around in terms of just the atmosphere around the club making it appear to be a more professional outfit which is something we've seen uh, to very good effect in Belgrade at Kukrici. Um the signing profile uh, that they've brought in of players you know, are of a team who are building to stay up uh, I don't expect too much from them this season I think if they can get you know above 14th and be in the league next season uh, that next season as in them meaning uh 21 22 um although 2020 seems so long uh, as to wonder whether we'd actually even get to 2021 um you know if they're there beyond may 2021 then i think we can certainly expect to see something very interesting coming up from that club uh, as we go into uh as we go into the following season so obviously batcher are a team who are promoted and i think the next topic we want to, to touch on is quite simply what impact will the extra teams in the league have so if you were unaware of how last season finished the ffs F fss there's a freudian slip um <laughs> the fss um and the super league ensured there would not be relegation from the super league last season because of the shortened season the result was that they changed the format of the league so 
for one season only, rather than 16 teams with a split in a 37-game season, we have 20 teams in the league, four sides who have come up from the Pyrrha uh, so everyone just plays each other once and away we go. Um, but six sides will be going down this season. Uh, so it will reset automatically. However, the team that won the second tier last season were Grafika. Grafika are the farm side of Sven and Sviesta. And Sviesta themselves felt it would be best for Graficar to decline promotion. Um, in, and when I say best, I mean best in terms of the development of the players who they send there year on year. The result was that the teams in second, third and fourth have all come up. But also have come up has been the team who won the, for want of a better term, auction for Graficar's place, which is the eighth place team Novi Pizar. Novi Pizar were um, not that uh, far long ago in the Superliga, so we're not talking about a team who are you know complete outsiders. Uh, but it's probably to say um, that they are, in terms of their current stature, complete outsiders. Um, they do have have brought in one interesting player, Sakia Vesic, who has come in from FK Sarajevo on loan. And he did play a, quite a bit at Sarajevo uh, last season, so it will be interesting to see what he can do. Um, the other teams, which is uh, Bacha, Zlatibor and Metalac. Metalac have reinforced quite a bit, uh, but on fairly high-risk young players who are either going to do very well or not be to this standard. Um, obviously we sort of covered Batcher previously and as for Zlatopor, you know, they were very competitive in the Piva Liga last season. There's not much that's coming to the side over the summer to suggest they will uh, be able to do that in the Super Liga. I certainly, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if um, at least three of the four were to uh, return straight to the Liga next season. Um, obviously, they may have an impact in terms of the size who had reprieves last season, which was Rad and uh, Makla, but we will uh, hit on that in our next section, which is asking whether there is a team that will be a surprise package in the Superliga this season. So, one surprise package, I think, is uh, Chelsea sending Danilo Pantic uh, on loan to Kukurici. Now, he's previously been on loan with Partizan and been very impressive. Uh, so, for him to join the uh, third team in Belgrade uh, is a bit of a coup for them. And it certainly, to me, makes up for the loss of uh, Slobodan Tedic, who's returned to Manchester City on loan. And I think while they missed out on Europe last season, I think certainly it's not beyond them to push for that status again this season. They are... Yeah, I think as most people will appreciate the best run club in Serbia, certainly the most sustainably run, uh, and reinforcing that sort of attacking midfield is probably something that's going to have more of an impact to them than having a, a Tedic, who was you know a young target man uh, and still learning learning his trade, albeit learning it very quickly. Um, 
many of the rest of the clubs who we suspect may, I suspect may do positively are players, ones who have radically reshaped their squad over the summer. So my own um, favourite Serbian team, Naprijedak Krusevac, um, are probably about the busiest team in the league. They've lost a lot of players, but those players, aside from Nikola Sintievic, who was in a bit of a funny status anyway, um, were players who weren't really offering that much to the side in the first place. Um, they've sort of skimmed the cream of the second tier uh, into the Superliga, and it will be very interesting to see how they do. If they are able to mesh quickly, certainly they can push in for sort of top five, top six, uh, you know, a push beyond mid-table, which is their normal uh, hangout. Uh, Proletaire, Novisad, as we sort of previously mentioned, one of the northern sites, have done much the same thing, but have brought in much younger players rather than players who are in the peak of their careers and with a riskier profile, uh, shall we say. So they're on the other side who certainly could bounce back. They weren't very good last season, but obviously the season prior they were the uh, in the league the best side in Novisad. So you know we sort of wait to be seen where exactly Proletaire are going to settle uh, in the league on a medium to long term basis. From a negative sense, um, I think the surprise package would be Vojtovac. So Vojtovac um, sort of had a similar loss to Kukurici in terms of they've lost their uh, player uh, Filip Stuprevic who's gone back to Watford. Unlike Kukurici who've been able to bring in a marquee player to replace him, uh, Vojtovac haven't brought in anything and while they would normally be a side who you'd expect to be around 6th, 7th um, you would expect them to be aiming a bit lower this season and they may be one who get dragged into the relegation fight. One team who will definitely 110% be in that relegation fight are the other Belgrade side, Rad. Um, they were given a reprieve last season by relegation being pulled. Um, they were pretty terrible uh, and they've lost more players and brought very, very little in and uh, they're certainly a team about whom you would expect to be making a bit of a nosedive you know <laughs> they're making a nosedive from 15th and um in a normal season they'd only be one place lower they could go but this season they're the five places lower they, they can go and it may well be they're occupying 19th or 20th as we uh hit next may so that is uh, it for our rapid Serbian Super League preview. It is, of course, a fantastic league to follow. I will always um, exhort the benefits of watching Serbian football purely because it is one of the um, last lawless outposts of European football. Um, I would very much recommend uh, for anyone listening to this podcast to give a follow on uh, YouTube to the Ser Superliga Serbia channel. Uh, it has the highlights of games up very quickly. Um, you, know, you ordinarily have um, them 
up within a couple of hours of games finishing which is you know something really good to see from any uh, league's youtube channel and certainly much better than the spfl um, following that as a scott who you have to wait um a day or so for the highlights to be up um the season starts with a couple of very interesting fixtures so the first games are this friday the 31st of july and we open with you know a, a big game in the north of the country which is tsc uh, against voivodina uh, which you know last season was uh, an extremely competitive fixture at the top of the table and as we've probably covered it you know it will be a extremely competitive fixture near the top of the table again this year uh, then going on to the Saturday the 1st of August you have a couple of, of very interesting fixtures there again uh, Napredak against Partizan uh, which um, again as we sort of mentioned if Napredak have uh, been able to come out the blocks quickly they will be able to provide a very interesting uh, matchup for partisan and uh Svenish Viesta will kick off their title defense hosting the rank outsiders the auctioned um the auctioneers as we may uh, perhaps call them throughout the season Novi Pazar um certainly I think it's probably fair for us to say um that uh, that will be a relatively convincing win for Svenish Fiesta as to be honest most of the fixtures for Fiesta will be throughout the season uh, I certainly hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to this uh, if you do want uh, your Superliga footage live then I believe you just find a stream of arena sport um, they generally aren't too difficult to find if you are one of the denizens of the streaming community <laughs> but thank you for listening we will have uh, more previews going as we go close to the return of football uh, to all regions uh, next up will be bosnia um, so bosnia is back this weekend also uh, so we uh, i hope to have something for you so certainly uh, by the end of this week and before the uh, league itself returns um, we have a timeline episode coming out tomorrow which I promise you is certainly one of the more entertaining ones not that they're not all entertaining as I'm sure long-term listeners will agree we are looking directly at the uh, career of Milian Miljanic in that so watch out for that but until then I will catch you all next time